Hello, listeners, and thank you for joining another week's podcast from Wind entitled ESG123. Uh, as a refresher, this is Max Kiefer, and I am the host of the podcast, uh, also head of sustainability over at Wind Technologies. So this week, we are very excited to have Ryan Russler join us. Uh, Ryan Russler joins us from Blue Sky. How's everything going, Ryan? It's going great today, Max. Glad we finally got this one on the books. Absolutely. Our pleasure. So we heard a little bit more of your bio uh, at the beginning of this, uh, but could you just give us maybe a high-level overview of what Blue Sky is and what Blue Sky is focused on? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so Blue Sky is a, a national restoration uh, service provider. So we provide emergency services. Uh, we fix broken buildings. That's kind of our, our, our catchphrase. And uh, we are in 40 states. We have 50 office locations, uh, roughly 1,500 employees. Uh, we've grown rapidly over the last couple of years. And uh, so, you know, this topic specifically has kind of gotten into our purview as, as, as we've doubled and tripled and quadrupled in size over the last, you know, three, five, 10 years. And, uh, you know, so environmental and social governments is now kind of the, the, the topic of discussion when you hit that 1,000, 1,500 employees, though the restoration industry is I like to say we, we're kind of dinosaurs in, in a lot of this stuff. Uh, and a lot of restoration companies started back in the 90s because of the insurance, uh, you know, fire, floods uh, that happen in single family houses, earthquakes that happen, Loma Prieta. And uh, so a lot of mom and pop shops started these restoration companies. And now there's a huge consolidation um, of restoration companies and mergers and acquisitions. And that's kind of where Blue Sky is. Uh, you know, one of the leaders in that with a, with a very strong M&A team that is uh, kind of bringing on some of the, the best and brightest in the industry so that we can kind of elevate the level of the industry, if you will. Nice. True. Yeah. And I will give a, a shout out. So Ryan and I have known each other for maybe 10 or 15 years now. So Blue Sky was a great resource, not only at CBRE, but when I was at Healthy Buildings International, um, specifically on the, the remediation, the restoration sign. So in addition to our, our bonding time in the healthy buildings days, we do have a, a Colorado connection. Uh, so I was University of Colorado in Boulder. You're Colorado State. I wasn't too much into the football games, maybe the halftime. So there wasn't that much of a rivalry. But uh, maybe as you can, as some of our other guests have done, talk a little bit more about your background there and how that really was a segue to uh, heading out west and getting into um, Blue Sky would be great. Yeah, the, the bigger school, the bigger brother always says it's not a rivalry and the little brother. <laughs> The little brother lives and dies by the by how that football game ends every year. Uh, but yeah, I did. I played football at Colorado State. Uh, I played uh, junior college football uh, prior to that, and I uh, went and played quarterback at Colorado State. Sat the bench, so um, you know, kind of uh, quit after after my first or second year there. So got to enjoy my last year of college, uh, and I was in uh, hotels. Uh, so I worked at the Hilton, uh, and we transferred the Hilton from a, a Holiday Inn to a Hilton. So that was pretty fun. I worked in a, I, we did this 52 week process where we were in, you know, I was housekeeping for, you know, six weeks and then I'd go into banquets. I was in the sales, catering, back of house, front of house, everything that you can imagine uh, that goes on in a hotel. So that was pretty cool. I ran into our executive vice president now, but previously we were, you know, we were acquired by Blue Sky. So we were at Harbro. And uh, at the time, Dave Bull was our, our president, and he he went to Colorado State construction management degree, and he he you know met me at a recruiting fair at the Hilton, um, and uh, you know brought me out out to uh, San Francisco. I grew up a huge Giants fan, 
So I, I kind of said, hey, I'm going to come out, you know, spend a year or two in San Francisco, get to see as many Giants games as possible, and then uh, get the heck out. Here I am 16 years later still <laughs> still doing it, you know. So Nice. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, that Colorado connection is near and dear to my heart. A lot of family out there. and uh, Just, uh, you know, a great place to be. And um, they're leading, you know, that's a state that also leads the – leads the nation and in, in, in some of the stuff we're talking about today. True. Yeah. So it's a segue. It's out here. We might have even connected through BOMA, which is Buildings Owners Management Association. Obviously, a lot of the, the networking and the ties that I have are, are through work in industry organizations. Um, so I'd say from a win perspective, it's almost a blessing and a curse. We're getting pulled into a number of different directions. We're in 100 different countries now. I'm pulled in a number of different organizations, such as ULI, which is Urban Land Institute. Um, we're prepping for green build at the end of the year, which is uh, originally through U.S. Green Building Council. So I think it would be good for our listeners to hear maybe from your perspective and from Blue Sky, which industry organizations have been the most beneficial for you uh, and which ones you've maybe sit on, sat on different advisory uh, or different committees or organizations within. Yeah, just much like you, I, you know, you get, I came out here not knowing anybody, not having any family or friends. And so I, I, I got really ingratiated into BOMA, um, into IRM, into, uh, into crew, into some of those commercial real estate organizations, uh, you know, sat on, sat on many boards and, uh, you know, associate member of the year, won some awards and everything. But I think right now is what we're seeing is the trend in uh, not only Blue Sky, but in the restoration industry is we're starting to now is it's a niche industry. And so we're starting to get invited to the ASHRAEs, to the ASHIs, to some of the more, uh, you know, environmentally uh, thoughtful organizations. And then also, uh, as far as the social um, thought component would be the Housing Industry Foundation, which is just a local, you know, Silicon Valley organization that I'm on the board of and uh, feel very strongly about. And I'd love to probably share more information about that. Uh, but, you know, just kind of we focus on unhoused populations, and kind of marginalized uh, communities and individuals. And I think that as Blue Sky grows um, and I grow in my career, we want to be able to utilize that, uh, I guess, platform, if you will, to kind of, uh, you know, speak and, and talk and get more involved in and kind of making a greater impact, um, not only to just the BOMAs and the IRAMs, those are great organizations in commercial real estate, but now moving more towards the environmental and social governance, you know, kind of aspect of, uh, of this industry as a whole. Well said, and very true. Um, so one of the other questions that we usually kind of pepper or throw out to our, our, our um, interviewees, if you will, uh, is different verticals within the marketplace. So Back in the CBRE and the healthy buildings days, the predominant focus was in and around office space. Uh, I did bring up on a recent podcast that here in my backyard, Oakland's sitting at maybe 40% vacancy in their class A office space. Um, so maybe you could touch upon that. You already just did a little bit uh, in terms of the different organizations, but maybe as just a, a refresher to our listeners uh, about different verticals and different types of housing projects that you're getting pulled into at Blue Sky. Yeah, thank you. That's that's a that's big. So hospitals is is really important for Blue Sky. Um, we we merged with a company called SRP out of uh, Memphis. They're in the they're in the southeast uh, three or four years ago, and they brought that acumen to the to the table. And, and we do a uh, it's called certified healthcare restoration technician. And so we're understanding that you know 
with COVID, but with a lot of other things going on, uh, hospital, uh, maybe they're understaffed now, but also more, a little more critical uh, to not only, you know, handling things correctly, but also, you know, when it comes to um, life safety. And so we're looking at elevating our game internally as far as restoration is concerned in those worlds. And uh, we it's, we always, I always would, when I was with Harvard, I always think, okay, well, I'm going to go into a hospital. I'm going to handle it this way. I'm going to go into a, let's say, a, a multifamily building. I'm going to handle it this way. And we're trying to elevate the level of, of playing field that we're on on every single job to do it all the right way. Knowing that now a lot of these buildings are vacant in commercial office, we're having to shift a lot of our uh, approaches. And there, there's a lot more, you know, instances that happen in hospitals, healthcare. Uh, senior living, assisted living, just kind of growing population in there. And uh, the commercial real estate, they're definitely still having incidents where you have water, fire, uh, smoke damage. Um, they just happen to be a little bit larger because when you have a 40% vacancy, people kind of, when there's a leak on the 18th floor of a high-rise office building and there's nobody in the building, you know, you don't find it right away. You find it maybe a day or two later. And, and so it's a little bit more a great uh, point. dramatic. Well said. Yes. Yeah, so uh, one of the other uh, points that came up, I, I got to give credit to our investor, uh, is we did just release a new product. Um, so Wind focuses on air quality monitoring. Uh, the monitor that we just came out called Sentry can actually differentiate between the smoke. So if it's smoke from a fire versus smoke from a cigarette versus vaping versus marijuana. Uh, and they at Double Bottom Line Ventures is very committed to environmentalism as well as sustainability. Uh, and they had asked about remediation and restoration, but done in the right way. Um, so, you know, obviously not compounding the problem after a problem happens. So I know this is really kind of a grandiose question or kind of a ambiguous question, but uh, I will throw out the idea of just what is the right way to go about res restoration, remediation, maybe from an environmental standpoint, so that you're not adding other contaminants or con constituents down the road or what other recommendations do you have for company? Not to give away the blue sky trade <laughs> secrets, but what are some of the, the best ways that you can go about it so you're not adding another problem down the road? Gosh, how much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> we oh, keep yeah. it short. The ADD yeah. kicks in for our listeners. <laughs> yeah, so. right. Yeah. I didn't take my Adderall today. Uh, so so uh, we, we're all about, you know, kind of uh, – stealing ideas and transferring ideas within the industry because that's the only way we can get better. So happy to share any of the, um, you know, deep, deep playbooks that Blue Sky has. We are a thought leader um, in the RAI, which is a Restoration Association International. So that's a, uh, an association of all the restoration companies across you know, the, the country and world that they kind of put thought into this type of stuff. And, uh, you know, when we're going in and we're doing disinfecting or we're you know, we're doing cleaning, you have a biohazard, you have a, uh, you know, blood and guts or sewage, you, you, you can't, it's really hard to find the balance between a sustainable, clean solution to come in and clean up this mess and also have the efficacy that you need uh, to kind of pass it through ATP um, sampling or whatever. So we're, we're constantly using, uh, you know, when I go back to the, the healthcare talk, when I'm going to do a disinfecting or I'm handling, you know, some of these, um, you know, blood and guts type jobs, it's important that I use uh, the, the highest grade, the hospital grade type of, uh, you know, solutions and make sure that everything that I do 
when I go in there, I remove it sustainably. Um, now, I think we aren't we aren't as far along as some of the you know larger general contractors like the Hensel Phelps or the Web Corps or the Turners as far as how we're disposing of that and trying to have the green waste within 50 miles of the facility. And, you know, but we are getting better and better um, because we are, as we grow as an organization and as this, as this industry grows, you know, we're going to have to be a lot more thoughtful about not only, you know, when we go in and do the blood and guts and, you know, how we're, how we're disposing of our PPE, but also when we're removing building material, because wet building material, if it's drywall, it's wet, we don't want, you know, mold to grow. So we got to remove that. So what are we doing with that material and how responsible are we going through that? So that's kind of the next phase and what we're doing in an industry and at Blue Sky. Nice. And you covered, you keep getting ahead of me in my script here and my questions, but we, we've nerded out on technology in the past. Uh, obviously, um, we, I keep referencing Simon Turner, who was the old CEO of Healthy Buildings. Uh, and he even admitted how antiquated some of the technology was back in the day and how it's evolving. So uh, I will give uh, Ryan another kudos here is that uh, we do track particulate matter uh, as well as carbon dioxide and TVOC, which is geared more towards chemicals. Uh, Ryan even brought up the idea of some of the larger particulate matter geared towards drywall, and it got us thinking more installing sensors and doing construction. So with that, I know you and I have kind of bounced around different ideas, but in terms of your day-to-day -day or the calls that you're getting, how do you see that evolving from just technology in general? And or are you getting more, let's say, people aware of situations through sensors in the spaces, not to give away your answer, but getting more information from sensors that are in the buildings as opposed to waiting around for somebody to become aware from, aware of it? Yeah, a quick shout out to, to Wynn because uh, when we had all those fires uh, in the last you know, couple of years in California, it seems to happen every year. Uh, my wife, my wife, I convinced her to to get the wind uh, air purifier. We have it in our house. We have all the little dials everywhere. And you nice. know, when I, it seems every time I cook, the particulate matter and it's a hazardous material. So she's open and she reads it and she sees it. So it's working well. But as far as you know, when I talk about demolition in our world, it's generally an, it's it's a controlled demolition. But it's not. Hey, let's let's spend you know three or four months kind of planning how this is going to go. It's I have a I have a, a fire sprinkler that breaks today, and I need to start. I need to do testing, so I need to do ACM testing because it needs to be um, as asbestos containing material. Uh, I didn't plan on this, so I don't know what's in that building material. I need to keep my workers safe, so I need to go and do the testing. And then generally day two, day three, I'm starting to cut, and I need to make sure I'm using the proper mechanisms to keep the occupants in the place, whether it's a, a assisted living or a hospital hotel. So that there's not a lot of particulates in the air. So I create, we have hard containments, we have soft containments as well. But what we want to do is we want to create a barrier between uh, the, the people, the common folk in the areas, but also um, our crew needs to be safe too. So we have particulate counters that we can kind of, you know, constantly test as we're doing those demolitions. Um, and then we also have air scrubbers. We use, uh, you know, 500 CFM cubic feet per minute. Uh, is generally the standard. Uh, we have 2,000. We have a lot of different varieties there, but we want to try to scrub that air and make sure it's clean so that, you know, yes, we're coming into, uh, you know, by definition, blue skies going to come into an unsafe environment that everybody's kind of running from. And we need to go in there and make it safe and not, you know, make it any worse. And I'd say that the, the, the technology that, we, that we've had in the last, you know, three to five years is just phenomenal. Uh, 
you know, for my first five or 10 years in the industry, it kind of wasn't doing too, um, going too fast, but Matterport cameras. So everybody could go look at this project. Uh, we, we do a, a pre-mitigation, a, a post-mitigation, and mitigation is kind of the emergency. So you can see your building and you can see the process. You can see how many equipment we have and you can kind of walk through like a 3D view and then what was demolition removed. And then after that, so then after, you know, we do the reconstruction of the put back. So it's really cool to be able to, to kind of virtually go through that in this, in this virtual world. And I, you don't even think about this, but it's sustainable because people don't have to go back and forth to the job site and everything. They can kind of look at it on their computer. True. So in closing on it, uh, we entitled this podcast ESG123, partly because it was just recommendations that we'd give to other companies or people in the industry. I, I feel like you hit on a lot of that and a lot of good information. For our listeners, we'll include a number of these different links uh, in the podcast bio when we put this out, when we publish it. Uh, I think a better route maybe on the recommendations would be for individuals um, maybe looking for a job as there's uncertain times right now or switching companies. Uh, I will for myself say that I got into sustainability and ESG partly just from my Patagonia days and because I thought it was cool. I thought Patagonia was cool. I thought LEED, which is a, a green building certification, was for was cool. And here I am 10 to 15 years later. So maybe in a closer, if there's any other kind of notes that you want to give to companies that are looking to get in this or if they should reach out to Blue Sky, uh, and or people that are looking at beginning their career, getting into either restoration, commercial real estate, or any of the other aspects that you hit on. Yeah, definitely. And I think that you know when you when you when it comes to you know the job market right now, it depends on where you're looking. It's you know it's pretty decent. It's pretty good. You know, real estate, you know, I think you know you're always going to need somebody to manage these properties. You're always going to need somebody to you know uh, manage the facilities. And, uh, and restoration is no different. It's even kind of uh, higher, um, the, the need uh, for quality, uh, you know, skilled staff. And not many people know about restoration. So we're kind of, we're in the infant stages of this industry. And as global warming is a real thing, uh, you know, there, these wildfires in California, this extreme weather, the hurricanes in, in the south, it's not going away. It's only going to get worse. And so, you know, there's always going to be your man-made stuff, which somebody clips a fire sprinkler or starts a fire because they put their cigarette butt in the, you know, on the carpet. Uh, that's always going to happen. But this, this natural disaster is just going to get worse and worse. And so the need for competent, skilled uh, professionals in our industry is just going to drastically increase over the next couple of years. And Blue Sky is growing. Um, but we can't hire good qualified people fast enough uh, based on the needs that we have coming in the door right now. Good to hear. And so that, that is our closer. Ryan, we should figure out a time to meet in person here. Just to refresh your memory, there is a $12 billion stadium that might be built in both of our backyards. So in West Oakland and Oakland, they'll need some restoration there. But before that gets done, we'll, I promise we'll, we'll find a time to get a beer uh, in Jack London Square. I've got plenty of places that we can go check out. Yeah, I think we got to hit up the Honor Bar, man. That's, Perfect. Uh, I haven't been there in a while. <laughs> nice. Well, thank you, Ryan, for joining us. Uh, thank you, listeners. I uh, do encourage you to check in uh, next week. We've got a, a couple people from Lendlease joining us. Uh, but thank you again, Ryan, for the, uh, for the information. And we'll, uh, we'll go from there, as they say. My pleasure. Thank you, Max.